0: In Mark chapter four, verse four, Jesus was speaking, verse 31. He says this: um, "It is like a mustard seed. He's talking about the kingdom of God. When it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth." You see that? Yes? But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Alright? One of the things that we take out of this is we know that the mustard seed is smaller than all the seeds. Mm -hmm. Right? But even though it's small, for it to be great... What do they have to do? It has to be sown. Oh. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10a. I put there 10a because there's a rest of this. And this is out of the New Living Translation. It says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Oh. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We ask that to leap off the pages and into our heart. Anoint our minds. We may understand our hearts. We may receive our ears. We may hear. Help me, Lord. For my body is limited, but God, we serve you who is an unlimited God. Help my voice, help my body, in Jesus' name, and help the listener. Amen. I want to talk to you on the subject of don't despise small. Don't despise small. Here, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You know, oftentimes we think of the kingdom of God is the kingdom that we don't see. It's the one that we're all going to when we pass this world uh, uh, up. When when our life is ended upon this earth, we are going to heaven, which is the kingdom of God. But the reality is God in, uh, started the kingdom of God in the Garden of Eden. When he put man here, he put him in the Garden of Eden. And so that God also wants his kingdom to be expanded upon the earth hello and so that 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 the seed that he started through a man named Adam was not finished when Adam died it continued on until this day that there is a people that is born Uh, not uh, just in the physical, but also in the spiritual. That today, that what God did and took a man, the dirt out of the ground, and breathed into him, his seed is still growing. Isn't that amazing? But his seed wouldn't have grown if he wouldn't have taken uh, uh, this person called Eve to become his wife. He wouldn't have grown he would have rejected it because why God had a vision for him to have a family God had a vision for him to have a wife God had a vision for him uh, to say multiply and replenish the earth um, but what if he said that but I am but by myself how can I replenish the earth Abraham uh, was a man that was old and he had no children. And he says, Lord, can I have children in my old age? And he said, look at the stars. Do you see how many stars? He goes, is there anything impossible for me? And could you imagine Abraham saying, I'm old? I'm just one man. How can I have descendants like the stars in the sky? Brothers and sisters, don't despise small things. Don't despise the things that God has placed in your heart to do. Sometimes we, we, don't, we are so, uh, we, we look at what God has given us, and uh, because it's small, we don't see any value in it. Mm, that's true. Oh, I, oh well, what, what do you mean, uh, Lord? And you imagine Abraham sitting there, his body is old. You know, when he was like 75, God told him, hey, man, um, I'm going to give you a son and your your descendant is going to be like the stars of the sky and the sands of the earth. I'm like, what? Lord, I'm 75. Nobody should have kids at 75. I do agree with that. I'm I'm not even close to 75. I'm like, my wife is looking at me. I said, no, honey, I'm too old to change diapers. (laughs) We thought about adopting a, a child. I'm like, I don't know if I can change diapers. That's, that's not my job. I'll, I'm older than Brother Danny. He, that's his job. He's got kids. He can, he's still young. His wife is younger than my wife and I. Y'all change the diapers. <clears throat> Right? And and what happened is Abraham could be there and God gave him this small thing. He's gonna, I'm gonna make. His mind must have been messed up because he thought, how can one person have descendants like the stars of the sky? He could have just said, No. Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. There are times in our life that God gives us an idea and we, we dismiss it with the words of our mouth. How can I do that? Or allow other people uh, to to despise your small, uh, what you think or what they think is small. They might despise your thought that God put in your heart and and, uh, uh, force you or uh, you allow them to put that seed of doubt and you never fulfill what God has put in your heart. Because we are so afraid because people look at you and say, you? gonna do what how can you do that how can you go to school and be married and have children and do all the things how how can you do that Or how can you, who are you, what experience do you have that God would use you to do this and do that? I have no experience. But if God is in it and God gave it to you, don't despise that small vision that you think is small in your mind. But to God, he can take a mustard seed and grow it into a great tree. And the branches will shoot out of it and birds will dwell in it. Don't despise small. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because I thought about uh, even this church that we started, and it started at a table sitting in a restaurant on a Sunday afternoon with like five people, and I thought to myself, this is pretty small, and people said, you're, gonna, you're doing what? Yes, I'm starting a Bible study. And I told my friends, they're like, you're studying or starting a Bible study, having worship at a restaurant on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. And they're like, you know, you know how men of faith are. They don't want to say anything. They just say, well, that's interesting. You know, they're very nice. And I wish they would have told me, say, don't do it, brother. Right? But when God gives you a vision, it might start out with just a word. It might just start out with a phrase. Don't despise it. I want you to look uh, uh, at the book of Genesis chapter 1. I don't know if they could pull it up. Um, but the Bible says that in the beginning God, and he looked down, and he says that the earth was without form, and it was void. See, it says, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Lord says, let there be light. He said four words. Let there be light. And there was light. And you know what else he says? He says, and he looked at the light. He said, man, that's good. Wow, that's good. Well, I like my light. But see sometimes what all he said it was, "Let there be light, and if God can celebrate." If God can get happy by him just saying, let there be light, how come we aren't happy when there are so many opportunities that we have been given and that God has done great things in our life? Because why? We keep allowing uh, other people or other things or outside things to look at what we're doing in God and what God is doing in us and they don't value it and we look at it and we despise it. And God and I thought to myself, said, Lord, how can you say it's good and there's still nothing? Think about it. The earth was without form and it was void and darkness was on the face of the earth. Wait, wait. You didn't hear me. The earth was without form. You know what without form means? It didn't look like anything. It's in chaos. Right? It, you know, it, it didn't have a shape. And it was void, meaning void means there is nothing there. And then not only was there no shape, there was nothing there. And then not, that means there's no substance. And not only that, it's covered in darkness. And God said, let there be light. And he said, oh, that's good. Wait, how can it be good, Lord, when there, it's still void? <laughs> how can it be good, Lord, when the earth has no animals and the earth has no grass and no trees? The water is not even a place for the water. It's just everywhere. And the, gr- and the dry ground is everywhere. It's just everywhere. What can you do? And you got to say, it's still good. Brothers and sisters, even in your thought process and God is giving you small things, what is it? Can you still celebrate the small things and say it's still good? Can we look at the winds? I I remember uh, our back door over here, me and brother Peter. It's funny because I woke up this morning and, you know, we had this this door that would just not, uh, you know, it's supposed to shut slowly. But every time you open it, it just slam and it wakes up everybody right and I finally told brother B I said man can we just go buy one of those uh, uh, arms that causes the door to move slowly when they finally installed it I just kept opening the door I just kept, I did ask now I just kept opening the door oh I just kept opening the door I just literally I just kept opening the door then I look at brother my that's too fast can we slow? And I kept opening the door. You know, today when I walked through that back door, I wanted to walk through the back door. And when I opened the door, I just kept looking at it. And you know why? It's because it's good. Because there was a point in uh, our church life that that door wasn't working. And it would bother everybody. But when it got fixed, we had a win. Oh, brothers and sisters, we're always looking for the big things. Um, but uh, but if, if you would just go and celebrate the small things. And I look at God, and God is even beginning to say, let there be light. And I thought, Lord, there was light, but there was still no form and void. There, there, yeah, now, because before, it was no form and it was void and it was dark. You couldn't see the mess, but now you can see the mess. Wow. And he still said, I'm looking at the mess. It's still good, though. And if God, who's perfect, can just say, let there be light. And when he saw the, uh, the light come and the earth was without form and it was void, there was nothing there. If he can still look at the mess and still look at the light, said, man, at least we got light. What is it we're doing in our life? That are we despising the small things that God's given us? You know what? Don't despise that small vision God has given. Don't despise when you're only teaching. I, I remember, i could g- give you a, a, a true story. I remember driving uh, a ways out uh, uh, towards West Texas and, and I was invited to speak at this church. And I remember going out there and, and, and putting gas in the car and going way out there. And I thought I'm going to speak to, you know, at least 50 people. I think there was like 10, maybe 7 and that was with my family. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, wow. And you know what? I've been giving prophetic words, Lord. Oh, this brother's going to be the prophet to the nation, going to travel the nation. And I was speaking to like five, six people. And I said, Lord, what in the world? And I walked into the church, I sat down, they had worship, and I thought, man, and the Lord convicted my heart. He said, because your eyes are seeing the small, but are you still, are you going to still speak small? You know what I did? I, I said, no, I'm going to preach just like I'm preaching in front of 5,000 people. Because I started seeing those five people as 5,000 people. Because, see, it has nothing to do uh, with what you see in front that's physical. It is up here in your mind. That's why when we are doing things from the Lord, even the Lord himself looked at the earth, and he looked at it and he said, let there be light. He didn't just see the light, uh, the, um, uh, but he saw what that light is about to do. Brothers and sisters, what is it that God is about to do to you? See, you got that nagging thing. In your heart you know I was listening to a minister today or this week and he said the greatest basketball player right now right the last couple of years because he's been to like six NBA finals in a row or eight or whatever it is is James LeBron you know they nickname him King James not the King James version but just King James <laughs> right And did you know that he plays the most minutes, like 48 minutes in a game, and there's games where he played 48 minutes? But did you know that all the, he averages over 40-something minutes a game? If you don't know how hard that is, it's very difficult because, especially at that kind of level, running back and forth, uh, you know, back and forth, and people are hitting you and rebounding. Did you know that he being the greatest ever, did you know that on average game, he only touches the ball in his hand only six minutes wait a minute how can you average touching the ball in one season only six minutes that each game he's only touching the ball six minutes and yet he can be the greatest person or the greatest basketball right now how can you be the greatest and only touch the ball six minutes on average per game and there's 82 games plus the playoffs how can that be you know what they found out why he is so great it isn't because he's touching the ball the most it's because every person around him become greater because of him oh see we cannot despise him for saying you know what six minutes isn't a lot Right? If you think about it, in a 48-minute game, you're only touching the ball six minutes. That's not a lot. But because he uh, makes everybody around him great, he becomes. And so, brothers and sisters, what is that greatness in you that even though you despise when people around you make you feel and other people feel great around you? See, oftentimes we, we think that We don't have anything to offer. But God is saying, if you quit despising the small things I've given you. You know, this mustard seed. It's small. Has anybody ever seen a mustard seed? I have. If I held it in my hand, I blew it. You couldn't find it on this floor. Okay, it is very small. Very, very small. You know what? even though it's small that it has a problem is even though in that seed pretend this is the seed okay in this seed there is a forest of mustard seeds right now follow me in that seed is a forest of mustard seed but the problem with the mustard seed is this, that while it is out of the ground and in the hand of a person, it is still bound by what keeps it from being a force of trees? And so for you and I to be able to be like the mustard seed, it has to be sown. That means the greatness in you has to come outside of you because when you are not in the environment of what God has for you, you will be limited and you will always be a seed. And you will never be a tree. Because why? You are bound because you're not in the right environment. That's why the environment of the Holy Spirit is very important. That's why uh, uh, when, 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 you, when you have a seed in the right hand, they would know what to do with it. But if you put uh, seeds in a person uh, that is a construction builder, they don't know how to plant seed. They don't know when to sow the seed. They'll sow at the wrong time. They'll, they'll launch them off the right wrong time. They feed it too much water, and it kills. Like you don't want me to plant anything because one time my daughters brought home these little succulents you know they they say daddy uh, I said what is this he goes oh he doesn't need a lot of water I said really okay yeah how much water he goes well they say only water it once a month so you know what I did I took the faucet I ran the water under this this succulent under the water and it died And they said, Daddy, you're only supposed to put a drop of water a month. I said, what can live on a drop of water a month? See, because I don't know what I'm doing. And so when I put that, when that thing was planted, I killed it because it had more than what it needed. Brothers and sisters, when there's a mustard seed, when you have a vision of God, when God has placed that in you, ask the Lord, Lord, put me in the right place with the right people to sow me so that that gift and that greatness in me will come out instead of saying, I ain't got anything but just a muster see how many of us have done that look at Luke 16 and I'm going to close with these ideas he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust also in much Therefore, you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Who will commit your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Wow. You know, I, I like what Zig Ziglar used to say. He said, you will get anything you want in life if you help enough people get what they want. You know, stop trying to build your dreams. Stop trying to build your vision and start helping somebody else fulfill theirs. Because in that sense, then you'll have yours. Because who can entrust you with much if you're not willing to be faithful in the small? What has God given you that you might think it's small, but what has God given you? Can he trust you for greater? are you willing to do it with all your heart even though it's small i can tell you brothers and sisters that when things are small when you start out you learn more lessons when it's small you were you learn to be faithful you know that word faithful in greek right there it means worthy of trust it means business executing orders and duties that that when things are small did you know you learn about yourself you learn about your character you will learn about integrity you learn what it takes to be who you will become you gotta can't despise the small things of your life Don't despise the small vision. Don't despise that small, still voice in your heart. You know, even when you come to life group, it's small. There's a reason. Because right there at that place of small, there's a connection with other people. And maybe that person sitting across from you is the next person that God will use to mentor you. Or to lead you. Or you would lead them. And from that place of fulfilling their destiny, you will fulfill yours. You know, I'm not trying to look to build my own dream or my own vision, but what my vision is is to fulfill the great commission of God. Brothers and sisters, there are things in our heart that I want you to think about right now. What has been in your heart and you think it's so small that you really haven't activated? What is it that's been in your heart that you think it's so small that you haven't really sown? Hmm. What is it in your heart that, is, uh, that God has given you and that passion drives you to be greater? You know, oftentimes people say, oh, I want to be a great person. But a great person is not because another person makes you great. A great person is a person that is so passionate about what they believe that if something is deep down in them that cannot stop them from fulfilling what they're supposed to fulfill. You know, I I remember my wife gave the greatest compliment about me, and it wasn't even in front of me. It really wasn't even in front of me. And she said it, she told me afterwards, she was speaking to somebody, and she said to me, she she said, honey, I had a conversation with somebody, and this is what I said to them. I said, what did you say? She said, I said it about you. I said, oh, so you're talking about me. And she said, yes, I was talking about you. And I said, well, okay. I said that if this church, God forbid, if it were to end, it closed down. I told them, I said, I know my husband, he'd find somebody else to disciple and talk about Jesus and lead him to the Lord. Brothers and sisters, My vision for this church is about training up the next generation leaders. It's not even trying to say, look at me, but to train up you so that you can be the great tree. you know a lot of people think oh no it's about training up disciples so that you can train up somebody that you can go out and that you can fulfill what god has called you to do you know a lot of people think oh pastor you want yeah it'd be great to have a big church but then i said for what if I don't have anyone that I'm training and discipling, and that if in my absence you cannot fulfill the Great Commission, in my absence that you cannot run a church, in my absence, you wouldn't know how to pray. In my absence, you wouldn't know when people have you ask you life questions. So I have to start with five. 10 or 15 yeah it'll grow but can I can God trust me and not despise the small because the the hardest question or the dreaded question of every pastor can I talk from my heart today I know we have guests and people watching people out you know for me you know me I'm just real the toughest question as a pastor is how come the church isn't growing, Pastor. Or how come people don't come? That's the hardest thing. And I, I hear from all kinds of people. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad for me. But it's not just me hearing it. I got friends that tell me they hear it too. And they got church 10 times the size of mine. <laughs> I'm like, how can they question you that? You got a church of a 1,000. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, you got a church of a thousand. And they question, how come the church isn't growing? You know, the question isn't, how come the church isn't growing? The question should be, I, I try to play or exercise. I, I don't enjoy running all that much, but if you put a, a ball in my hand, I can run all day. Right? My wife is the runner, but I like playing sports and it doesn't bother me to run. But you know, every week I, I play volleyball. Sometimes my daughter comes and sometimes she doesn't. And I play with a group of people, even though it's in a church, but many come and they are not believers. Some of them are Buddhists, some of them are different religions, some of them have no faith at all. Now remember, I said, honey, I'm going to keep going because I'm going to lead somebody to the Lord. That's my goal. I want to connect with them and lead somebody to the Lord. And so one couple weeks ago... Where I was playing, they always do a devotion before they play. And a week before that, I was coming home and I said, I know one day they're going to ask me to lead devotion. I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, the leader of this group messages me and she said, hey, LT, can you lead devotion tonight if you're coming? And I thought, what? And I told my daughter, and she said, Daddy, I'm going. I said, really? He goes, yeah, that's lit. And I have no idea what that means, but I said, I guess that's cool. And you know what? I stood there, and my devotion was probably five minutes. And all of a sudden, a couple of people come, and this one young man, after the whole play is over, he goes, hey... Can I ask you a couple of questions? You know, my daughter says, Daddy, I noticed that everybody was paying attention like never before when you were speaking. You know what? The vision is to lead others to Christ. And however you do it, maybe through sport, maybe through classes, maybe through college, maybe through just getting some ladies together and talk about uh, newborns and babies whatever you got to do get yourself out there and don't you allow people to tell you that your vision or whatever God has given you is small because the Bible says that if you're faithful with the small if you're faithful with that mustard seed, if you're willing to take that mustard seed and if God entrusted you with that mustard seed, will you be able to It'll grow, but it won't grow if you hold on to it. Let us stand. Don't despise the small. Don't despise what God has given you. Stop holding on to what God has given you and start leading. There's some of you here, you know so much, you need to be the next life group leader. Like Pastor, you think I'm able? Yeah, I think you are. You know what I tell people? You're not good enough to preach anybody to hell. Trust me. But you're good enough to preach somebody to hell. You know a lot of people think, oh my God, you're gonna let him preach, you'll let her preach. Yeah, they're not good enough to preach anybody to hell. Are they bad enough? Because the seed of righteousness lives in them. Oh, if we can just change the way we think about people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, whatever it is in our heart that you've given us, I want you to think to yourself right now, what is that thing that God has been just putting in your heart and it's been sitting there and you just want to, lessons and the guy says you know this is what you need to do close your eyes put your hand on your golf club and imagine you swing it in your mind and then open up your mind and don't put a ball down just swing without a ball in front of you i know that sounds so crazy but visual, visualize those things because for anything that can for anything to happen physically have to think it first Lord I ask you right now for every person here that maybe whatever reason they're despising small things but God don't let them despise it let them recognize that you are the one that gave it to them and that God that you empower them and if there were just so new